I miss our LCD sound system song that we used to have on the background there, but this one's okay. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, you're watching Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today's Monday, October 4th. You're not watching it on Facebook, apparently. When I went to go live, I guess Facebook is down. Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if the Chinese Communist Party is having trouble with their servers or something, but whatever, Facebook is down, and so we can't live stream on Facebook right now. Anyway, uh, you can always find us at unsafespace.com, so you can watch us there. Uh, chat will be there as well. If you want a super chat, which we do love, you have to go to YouTube still. It doesn't work on the embedded thing, but uh, but you, if you're just watching, you can do that. We're also on Utreon and Odyssey, um, and the ghost of Unsafe Space has a Twitter account back. So underscore Unsafe Space if you want to follow us on Twitter. You can also support us financially, unsafespace.com slash support probably or something like that. I don't know. There's a button. And uh, since you are on, oh, uh, Beverly is saying that Utreon has ultra chats, which I guess are superior to super chats because ultra is better than super. So that's good. So if you're on Utreon, you can use ultra chats. Um, anyway, don't forget to give the subscribe button uh, a friendly little, friendly little jab. Uh, and book club, our next book club is October 24th, featuring Texit, Texit by Daniel Miller, which sounds a lot like Texas exiting. Uh, and on November 21st, it's The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. You can join either one of those by sending an email to speak at unsafepace.com. All right, today uh, we is the is the last day that you're not going to have Carrie. I think she should be back on Friday. We have our guest host Sunny, who did not wear a hat today for you. She's just over the hats. I don't like hats. <laughs> Sorry, Carrie. No, I, I ran out. Cool. I had two hats. I wore them, and now it's you wore them. That's it's it. over. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I don't. I don't. I didn't have a lot of hats, but I keep getting hats from the knitters. Did you see this one? Oh yeah. This is yeah, my yeah. this is my favorite. I'm sorry that I've got a favorite, but this is my favorite. That hat. is a good one. I know. Everyone knows where it's from. Well, I've seen the picture of you in that too. Oh, you've seen the picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's from yeah. one of the best shows ever. It is from one of the best shows ever. It is it is from Firefly. Anyway, and what's um, cool is you can wear that hat, and if people don't get it, you know they're not part of the club. Right. Right. What was the line in the show, even? When, when a man walks around with a hat like that, you know he's not afraid of anything. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the lie. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Welcome to Coffee Break, everyone. Uh, it's a live show we do every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m., and as I mentioned, Carrie will be back on Friday. And... I don't know. Sunny, have you been paying attention to the news? Somewhat. What's, what's Is there anything that stands out to you that happened this weekend that's weird or you feel passionate about? Are, are you, uh, is there something I missed or are you being serious? <laughs> well, both. I mean, I don't know if you there's know, anything you missed. I don't know. There, I, I didn't pay attention too much. It, it's so hard. Obviously, all the news sucks. But... Mm -hmm. um, I paid a lot of attention last week to this Gabby Petito thing, and I could talk about that if you're interested. I think there's some oh. cultural significance. Um, do you know much about it? I know nothing about it. So let's talk about that, and then I want to yeah. talk about Brandon. 
Let's go, Brandon. Oh, we need to talk let's about go, Brandon. Brandon. Have you seen the memes? Oh my God. The memes <laughs> that are coming are out of this. I know. <laughs> but let's talk about Gabby Petito because I don't know anything okay. about her. So Okay. So, I mean, you know, it shouldn't be that, that big of a deal. Well, a couple of things have happened. First, a girl was murdered by her boyfriend. That's not the first time that's happened. Um, the guy's obvious. He's on the run. That's not even the first time that's happened. You know, it's not like, okay, what's new about this? Although that is a strange set of circumstances. That a, sure. The fact that she was cute and young and had an online presence and was doing this travel blog with this guy and they're driving around in this van and then he murders her. I mean, that's kind of significant. Uh, the like two people have a relationship with her already, they feel like, I assume, right? Yeah, and even if you hadn't been following her, which I don't think she had a huge following, I just think there's so much footage for the news mm. to grab of her eating and her smiling and her with this Brian dude who she's dating, um, who killed her, allegedly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, there's just how often do you have a murder where you then have, you know, hours and hours and hours of cute, adorable footage of the two of them traveling together. So um, there's been this sort of weird reaction to this. There's two cultural significant things I think going on. First of all, there was an immediate reaction like, why are we hearing about this white girl who's been murdered and we're not hearing about all these people of color who've been murdered? Which is just another, I, I mean, I guess you could sort of, for a moment, you might think, yeah, that seems like true because there are a lot of there's a lot of violent crime going on in black communities. There are a lot of young black women who have get murdered and they're not national stories. They don't hit the national news. So there's some truth to that. But I do think that the circumstances are different because I think they were traveling. She did she was recording herself as a public persona. She did have a following. And then the fact that the guy's on the run. Yeah, but can I can I complain about the the black like yes. we're hearing about? It's, look, I, there are plenty of white people who have been murdered by cops. Do you know any of their names? Yeah. Like if so it's I get there are certain things that the media will pick up on and and that that fit a narrative and I think one of the reasons they don't report a lot of black crime is because a lot of black crime is committed by other blacks, and they don't like that narrative. That's a, so that was I was just going to say that, that. It, it's it, what makes the news has to meet certain criteria. First of all, it can't go against the narrative. Um, it has to have a certain amount of sensationalism, especially mm-hmm. if it's going to go from local to national. There has to be a certain amount of something kind of kooky and extreme about it. Um, or something representative about it that they want right. to push. So, yeah. It, right, so it, white guys getting killed but cops doesn't cut it. Right. Um, black women getting killed by gang violence in Chicago doesn't cut it. Like, those aren't things that fit the narrative that they want to Not even about. a white guy getting killed by a group of black guys cuts it. Or no. do you remember that kid that was tortured by some black, the, the mentally handicapped white kid who was tortured oh, God, by some that was black so people? Oh, yeah. And that barely squeaked into the national consciousness. And I bet most people didn't. If you weren't like a real news junkie, you probably missed it. Yeah. And that was horrific. Like that's the kind yeah. of horrific thing that should have been national news. That was the kind of thing that I, that's like 
that event was one of the things that I wouldn't watch in a horror movie. Like I don't like horror movies generally. Yeah, right. And it's like, it's like I it's don't that, that level stuff. Yeah. I agree. There are things I won't watch too. It's like, I don't need that in my brain forever. Right. I, I can know the story and that's enough for me. I'm, I'm the same way. And I think about that with respect to my daughter and what she watches on TV, because I think that's stuff gets imprinted. You have to be careful what you watch. Yeah. And I watched right, so I, like I, I, 10, 15 ahead. seconds of that thing. And that was all I could handle. It, it was bad. But okay, so I interrupted you. So let's yeah. Keep okay, no, but that you. is a really good point, and I think that is one of the big cultural things is this whole anti Gabby Petito, <laughs> right. you know, people who don't want to feel bad about it because she's just a white girl, and we're hearing about poor white girls when bad right. things happen to white girls. So that's unfortunate because I actually think what happened to her could have been prevented, given that the oh another thing that we have is somebody reported them for a domestic violence incident oh. just before she was murdered and the oh, cops pulled that. them over and we have all the body cam footage. And so there's, that's another reason why it's kind of a big story. So right. they could have saved her in that moment. The cops pulled them over, or at least there was a chance that something could have happened perhaps she could have been protected from what was about to happen to her. Um, she's known, she'd known this guy for a long time since high school. They'd been dating for a long time. They were now engaged dating for more than two years. So okay. she was, I think we, I think it's safe to say the guy's a narcissist psychopath. I'm not a yeah. doctor, but <laughs> uh, that's pretty much what he's apparently one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's apparently one. So there were just, I watched the footage. I can't believe I did this, but I did this. Can you believe I did this? I watched the, the body cam footage. You watched the body cam footage. Um, of I watched the about direction. an hour and 20 minutes of, of this incident where she was pulled over. And I'm glad I did because it, what I think happened there is a result of feminism. I think the reason that she was not protected was because of feminism. So that to me is the real significance <laughs> of it. I'm sure these cops get training on domestic stuff. It, it was pretty clear. First of all, the call was man hitting woman. That's the call that came into 911. And if you listen to the 911 call, that's what he says. He's like, there's a man, he was slapping the woman by the side so of the road. So a witness saw this. A witness, two witnesses called 911 separately and reported these two. One okay. of them said uh, they were on the side of the road, their van was there, the guy was slapping her, and then they got in the car and took off. That's kind of all you know about it. Okay. And... When the cops pull up, he's got some scratches on her on his face. She also has some injuries, but he really has more visible injuries. And as a result, I mean, and then based on kind of the statements that they made, they concluded that she attacked him. And it is such a dumb conclusion. And when you watch the body cam footage, you think, oh, man, these cops are going to I bet they're feeling really bad about it now. You know, in hindsight, it's easy right. to say in hindsight. But any woman watching this is cringing because you just can see that she's the innocent one 
and he's the predator. I have a question it, quickly yeah. about the body cam. Did they do the thing you're, they're supposed to do where they separate the people they and separated talk to them. each one? And yep. aren't you supposed to say, do you want to be protected? Like, do you want to be taken away from the situation? Like, do you, do you, like, aren't you supposed to have that conversation privately with the person? Well, in a way they did. They separated them for the night. So oh, they, they did, did okay. do that. Mm. Okay. And they didn't charge anybody. But okay. if it were me, I would have pressed and pushed and possibly charged the man and, and made sure that everybody understood what has happened here is domestic abuse and he has committed the domestic abuse. And instead, they made it all out like she committed the abuse and we're just going to let it go. But you guys should separate tonight, which does, I mean, that attitude didn't protect her. But had they made it more clear and stark, Perhaps in her mind, she would have said, I need to protect myself from this person, even though he's me, my fiance. And then maybe so how, wait, how do you it's know all speculative. That, yeah. I mean, how do you know? Because I know I'll, I'll say this. I do know that there is a large amount of domestic violence that does happen from female to male that's not reported or that doesn't that cops ignore. How do you know that she didn't actually yeah. attack him? So that's what's tricky. And I think obviously, I mean, like I totally believe Johnny Depp. <laughs> I think Amber Heard is the psycho in this case. I think that's obvious. That's also obvious. And it for the same reason, actually, because the person who's being abused will be the one very upset, will be the one apologetic, will be the one who's the sort of more empathetic, more giving of the two people, who is the one who will take all the blame. The one who was not taking blame, but also not, you know, the guy, for instance, in this case, wasn't saying, yeah, she hit me, but he was kind of like, well, you know, yeah, he had no emotion for her. He didn't once ask about her or how she was. Hmm. He had, he showed no interest in how is she doing? This is the man in the relationship who's apparently oblivious to the emotional state of his fiance. Does that strike you as normal? Right, right. They're in a very, very serious, stressful situation and he is relaxed and he's chatting with the cops and he's chatting with the sheriff and he's very laid back and he's cracking jokes. He doesn't once ask about her. Meanwhile, the entire time she's distressed, she's crying, she's apologizing. She's saying, well, yeah, I mean, well, he grabbed me like this, but, but it was my fault. And, and then, and then I, he didn't. I mean, I hit him first and, you know, it was like this kind of always taking responsibility mm. and nobody asked her, why did you hit him? Nobody asked him that. Nobody asked her that, not a single time. So they weren't getting to the bottom of what had caused the fight. And a lot of times these guys are experts at causing the girl to make the first physical move and then the girl gets in trouble. I've actually seen that happen with two of my friends where they were dating somebody and I'll tell you one in particular. So okay. a friend of mine and this guy, they were arguing and um, they were at his place and he was just picking at her and picking at her and picking at her. And he was in her face, up in her face, picking at her and she pushed him and he immediately got calm and walked away, picked up the phone, called 911. And the cops oh. came and, and arrested her. For pushing him. Yeah. 
because they came there and they said, well, did you push, did you push him? And she said, yeah, I pushed him. She just honestly said, right. Yeah, I pushed him. And then he pressed charges. So they had to arrest her. Wow. And he set her up, you know? Yeah. And she had two little kids, you know, they weren't there at the time, but she was then arrested (laughs) and couldn't go get her kids. You know, this was just a guy she was dating. So this is a really common tactic. And I'm not saying he set her up, but when the cops got there, suddenly this is what you could just see it playing out and how sweet and upset and distraught she is and how emotional and how calm and sort of, you know, calculated almost and not defending her. Not one time did he say, no, I pushed her too far. We were arguing. It's not her fault. I'm not going to press charges. You never hear him saying all this, trying to protect the woman. He just letting her totally take the fall. And so they completely blame her. And, but because it was obvious, you know, they, they come up with some sort of technical technicality where they can let them go, but they get him a hotel room and they give her the keys to the van and then they go their separate ways. So to me, if, I mean, imagine pre-feminism cops rolling up on a situation like this. What do you think they would think of this beautiful young woman who's littler than the guy and he's got a scratch, which tends to be a defensive wound, right? Um, The call was he hit her. You know, that's what the witness said. And he locked her out of the van. That was also something that came out. He locked her out of the van. He had her phone. He had her keys. He's obviously controlling her and messing with her. It just couldn't be more clear that he's a crazy predator and that they are going through some stuff. And those guys need to get her out of there and talk to her in depth about what's going on with her because she's obviously the meek, controlled, apologetic person in the relationship. Why? What do you think of that? I well, I first want to respond to one thing because I've seen some people in chat saying like, "Oh, but you know she could have started it." Blah blah blah. You can ha- you can have that conversation prior to him murdering her, but now that he murdered her, it's pretty clear that that analysis about that dynamic is correct. You yeah, c- you could argue in the time, like, "Oh, maybe I don't know." Blah blah blah. It's pretty clear in retrospect, he was the predator. Uh, yeah, because she's dead. So but you can't get around yeah. that he's the predator here. So yeah, that's the question not, is, would I have seen this before she died watching the footage? And I think, I, I've, you know, when I'm listening to Amber Heard, Johnny Depp footage, and he's slamming the cabinets and he throws a wine bottle, you know, that footage that supposedly is so damning of him where he was getting violent, quote unquote, and she was just doing nothing and but you can hear her pushing him and pushing him and egging him toward a, an outburst you can hear right. her doing that and she's so calm on the recording and she's calmly recording him and you can tell she doesn't give a shit about him right. and that's she's the just exact, doing this to create a show for the cop to get to get something on a recording and there's no recording of him actually hurting her, but in this recording, he's slamming cabinets and he's yelling, he's upset. Right. Um, but you can hear her very calmly pushing him there. 
And I had the same reaction listening, watching this footage. And they were separated, but I'm watching him being very calm, very unconcerned about her, never once exhibits any concern about his 22-year-old female vulnerable girl in the back of this cop car. How is she? Is she okay? Can I, can I talk to her? You know, we really love each other. There's nothing, you know, it was a big mistake. It doesn't happen. This is so unusual. Like he, he doesn't say anything like that. Right. And he doesn't try to defend her. He, he, he really wants her to take the blame and there's just a lack of feeling. So that to me is the key. It's not whether it's a man or a woman, but I think what, you know, they show up to the scene and they get, well, the witness said he hit her, but she's saying he hit him and he's saying he, she hit him. Okay. So what can you do? It must be her fault. We'll blame her, but we'll let him go. Right. I mean, yeah, by the way, someone else in chat, someone also points in chat. We don't know that he killed her. That's correct. It's alleged, but we do know that she's dead and that he's running. She's dead. He drove the van from where they were home uh, 2,000 miles without her. Mm, yeah, Didn't report so. her dead or missing. He got home to Florida, and it was after that that her body was reported, that she was reported missing. Right. So it could be so, that aliens did it, and there's something we don't know. Yeah. But And he's on uh, the run. So the whole thing yeah. looks very bad. Plus... Uh, there are now more reports coming out that they, you know, that he was causing trouble in local restaurants, picking fights, doing all, all kinds of weird psycho stuff. And of course, in hindsight, everybody is coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, yeah, that guy was crazy. It's obvious now. Yeah. In yeah. hindsight, it's obvious. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I have a question, though. What, what does. um? I would hope I, I don't know. I mean, you have a. You have a daughter as well who's not of the age to be dating or anything yet in, in that age, and I have a young daughter. I would hope that when our kids are in their 20s or however old uh, this woman was, I would hope that they had the self-esteem enough to remove themselves from relationships like this. Um, and at what point – I don't want to blame the victim. It's just not her fault for being murdered, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there, but – I do sometimes wonder, like, why why do we have so many people willing to stick around um, when, you know, it's 2021. It's actually not that hard to get help now. It's, it's actually, it's, you know, it's not, this isn't 1850 where, you know, you go to the, the preacher in your local town and he's like, well, you got to obey your husband because that's what the Bible says. Go back home. Like, we're not in that world anymore. It's incredibly easy compared to other times in history for an, a woman in an abusive relationship to leave, and yet they don't. Why? Um, I have a theory. I, 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 I don't know if this makes sense, but just seeing this happen to several female – I've never seen it personally happen to a man in my – in my circle, but I've seen it happen to several women, several women over the years. And I, you know, I've been around, um, that these guys are predators. And I think, first of all, it seems to always happen 
when the woman is in a vulnerable situation. So maybe she's just suffered a really bad breakup or someone just died or, you know, there's some emotional catastrophe. So the woman's in a low. And then the love bomb, there's like a pattern. There's the love bomb. I think it's a predatory pattern that they get lured in and then it's like the boiling frog. They gradually become devalued and abused. And they're always trying to get back to that first part that was so great. We're seeing it happen with um, Meghan Markle and Harry Windsor. So there's a man I that it's happening to. I assume she's the abuser to. in this yes, one, Yes, right? 100%. Okay. I don't know anything about I, I it, feel like that's if obvious. I have to guess. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> the woman I love to hate. Um, she's obviously love-bombed him, then isolated him. I mean, there's a whole pattern of abuse that happens. It's kind of weird that it seems to happen on instinct, but it does seem to be what happens to abused people. They are love-bombed, they're isolated, um, they are then put into this sort of roller coaster where they're, and they're, they're cut down and they're devalued by the person that they still have in their life, which is this person that they love. And they can't, they're sort of disoriented. And then just as they're about to kind of click with it, the love happens again, and then they're devalued again, and then it's great again, and then it's bad, you know, so it, it's like they're never really fully let go. They're never fully abused. And and, it, and things just get worse and worse until the person has just nothing left, you know? Mm. I think that, that that's what happens. I think that's why normal people, healthy, generally healthy people can get sucked in. And I think that maybe people need to be taught this so that they're aware that it could happen. I mean, I don't think there's that many predators out there, but they're there out there. Do you think it happens to like normally psychologically healthy people or do you think there has to be some like codependency? Someone in chat said it's codependency, which does resonate with me as like a weird kind of um, motivation to stay yeah, maybe, in a relationship like this. Right? Maybe the person is not the healthiest to begin with, but I don't think that they're so unhealthy that they're just like, oh, yeah, abuse me. I don't think that's I don't think they're looking for an abuser. I. I think, like I said, it seems to happen to, in my experience with friends, it seems to happen to them when they're at a vulnerable low, always. Which makes them particularly uh, fragile and probably vulnerable to codependency, right? Like sure. any kind of codependency can happen when you're at a low because you feel sure. like you're, you know, a low by, almost by definition is you're feeling some kind of like incomplete or missing something you know, um, right. But a, a normal sense. healthy person experiences those times and you just come out of them because life moves on and you get over your grief or you improve yourself or whatever. I mean, you just get through it right. and you're not vulnerable to abuse. You don't, you wouldn't put up with it. And a yeah. lot of those people wouldn't put up with it either at that moment. But the predator takes that person gives them what they've always wanted, what they've always needed, like this love bomb. And then over time, after a time, starts to chip away at their self-esteem. They're overly critical. They they start to tell the person that they're crazy. You know, they start to make the person think that they can't think right. 
there's a real thing happening to these people. I, I think we have to have more sympathy and not just say, well, they, they put up with it. I, I've seen this happen to what I consider to be strong, independent women. So that's mm. the only reason, the only thing I can think of to explain that is that, yeah, they were, they were vulnerable in that moment, but also there seems to be a pattern of almost like, you know, I mean, just look at, think about politics and we watch things happen in politics and we think, well, it's human nature and, and certain forces are preying on human nature to cause this society, like all like fear, for example, and to cause certain things politically using human fear. And so I think, and I think as Josh Slocum would say, the leaders are all personality disorders and right. they're abusing us. And why are we putting up with it? Well, there's a mechanism for that. There's kind of a human reason why we get sucked in, maybe. You're making me think that like, so I've, I've never been in an abusive relationship um, in, in like physically, but I have been in, I have had like a girlfriend who was, it took me a while to figure out she was kind of emotionally doing a lot of that. And, and when I figured it out, I dumped her. But um, there was, she, she, yeah. she hit me actually at a vulnerable time. And what she did was hook me with that love bomb that was um, because I was vulnerable when the love bomb hit. Uh, she almost it like it almost created this like need of like she, I need her approval after that because she was the one that gave me the approval and love when things were going really horribly right when I didn't feel like you know because when you're in a low you don't feel like you deserve it or whatever like when, when yeah you're, you're insecure you're more insecure or you're just yeah you, you're and not so, as confident. Yeah, and so that's the hook. So she, she, you get the hook, like, because the love bomb happens then, yes. right? Um, that's the hook, and you kind of feel almost, I'll almost say, like, addicted to this person, but almost that's like... That's exactly how I've heard it described by... Yeah, and, then, and, you, and I remember going through times where I was like, I really don't like this person. <laughs> like, why am I still with this person? And, and what was your reason? Did I mean, I would rationalize. Did you... Yeah. I, no, I would rationalize. Well, she has these good qualities, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And like, and when I when I would go to pull away, she sensed it and love bombed, right? Yes. So like, whenever I so I actually had to to actually break up. I had to do it very, like, clean, severe, done. Don't talk to you anymore. It yeah. couldn't be this like conversation. She always wanted to have every. She wanted it to be a conversation because I remember yeah. trying to break up several times and it was a conversation. You have to do, you have and to I do couldn't no do contact. it in a conversation. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it was like no contact. over. It has to be really sudden and no contact and yeah, um, yeah. I've heard experts say that. I've. So I, can, um, I can relate a little bit. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think it's unfair to say, "Oh, she was troubled anyway." Um, I think that there are there's a a weird thing that just it's human nature where if you encounter one of these predator people who are themselves insecure and really mentally, they have mental problems. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason the pattern plays out is because of their mental problems. So it seems like, like a plan, but what it is, is it's an insecure person who's trying to get you to be hooked to them quickly. So they love bomb you and mm -hmm. they are, they're detached enough that they will be whatever they don't want to be themselves. They want to be what you want. Right. And that, you know, they don't have enough of a self. So they, 
They figure out what you want. They're going to be that. They want you to love them. They demand a very, very fast relationship. Every, yes. you know, fast falling in love. And it seems like they're the right person for you because they're everything you ever wanted. But that's not right. who they really are. Right. So they really, they're doing this because of their insecurity, not because they have read the rule book and they're putting the, the narcissist playbook into practice. Um, I think it comes out of these very, this very specific kind of troubled mentality that lacks empathy, that's very insecure, that thinks, that projects themselves as really great and perfect and the grandiose stuff. And, and in this case, this Brian guy was not just a narcissist, but a, a psycho because to then have murdered her. Right. Allegedly, apparently. <laughs> What's <Right>. the word? <laughs> allegedly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've never allegedly murdered anyone. So it seems like a big step to allegedly murder someone. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. I, I too have never allegedly <laughs> murdered somebody. <laughs> I've never even allegedly hit anybody. <laughs> right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that's interesting. So is he still on the run right now? I don't know what's the... Yeah, uh, and now the okay. dog bounty hunter is looking for him. And one of the funniest memes I saw that I shared was somebody just wrote, if dog the bounty hunter finds Brian Laundry, I'm not paying taxes ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that to you because it was such an anarchist moment. Like, you did, yeah. You know what? If dog the bounty hunter is the guy finding this dude, why do we have cops? Well, that's a good question. Why do we? <laughs> um, <laughs> He's on the trail. Yeah. Apparently he found a campground, like a campsite, oh. you know. So he's like actually having some success, like it looks yeah. like. Well, okay. we'll see. <laughs> huh. Now well, his yeah, parents I... helped him, it looks like, allegedly, his parents helped him escape. Oh. into the woods and they set him up and they bought like a camper and and some supplies and stuff. What do you think of that? If your child came uh, so, to you. <laughs> hey, dad, I murdered someone. Can you help me? Will you help me? What would you sure. do? Sure. I would say, sure, I'll help you. Just hold on for just a moment. And then I'd probably figure out a way to restrain or handcuff them and call the cops. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess... I guess if I knew the context, I, there are, that's not true. There are contexts in which I would totally help them out, right? Where if it was like, you know what? I was, someone was after me and it was in self-defense, but it's not going to look good and blah, blah, blah. I would probably yeah. be like, all right, let's figure out how to, you know, we're going to risk going to jail. But yeah, like I, there's, there's probably times where I would be open to helping, <clears throat> but you know, if it was a, if it was my 20 something year old son who returned on a road trip from with his fiance and was like, I killed her. Yeah. Probably, probably I would this, say like, adorable, young, beautiful <laughs> right. little creature that couldn't hurt a fly. Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's so hard. I don't think I would be buying him a camper and setting him up. I'd be like, you, you, yeah. you've got to take your but lumps. What, what sort of parents spawn a psycho, you know? That's what you I've wondered wonder that, too. right? Because I think I think the way it works, I think, and I'm I'm pretty sure there's, I think we don't know a lot about it, but I think we know enough, we know some things about it. I think a lot of these personality traits that are highly dysfunctional, like uh, you know serial killers and that kind of stuff, they have a 
<laughs> Sorry, someone says, what if your kid killed a politician? Well, that's not murder, Ross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what we do know is that, uh, anyway, that um, those those traits are, I think the way it works is you inherit a, a disposition, like there's genetic predisposition, like vulnerability to have some of these traits. And in some cases, there's absolutely nothing that can be done that will prevent that from manifesting. Like in some cases, like it's just out of your hand, like you just can't blame the parent at all. It's literally just out of your hand, hands. But I think in a lot of cases, it's there's a tendency or there's some kind of predisposition. And if you do anything to trigger it, then it gets triggered. And when you look at something like the adverse childhood experience score, most criminals, most violent criminals ha are very high on that score. Uh, on that scale, the the adverse childhood experience is ADE, like ADE. I think it's called is that uh, ACE? A ACE, no, is ACE, ACE, adverse childhood yeah. experience score. It includes things like, um, you know, whether you were hit, whether you ever went hungry, whether you were ever abandoned, whether you were, um, you know, broken there was a home, drug problem I in think the house, one of the broken questions. home. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's all those kind of things, and they all go together into this score, and this score is predictive, like higher adverse childhood experience scores do generally result in worse outcomes. And, you know, when we see this with serial killers and that kind of stuff all the time, almost all of them are um, single parent homes, right? I think I shared this yeah. the other day on Twitter, like 80% of violent rapists are from single parent homes, usually yeah. only a mom, right? So I, I would say it's, I, I doubt that you could take a kid that didn't have some sort of pre-genetic disposition to have a problem and turn them into a monster without a lot of effort. But yeah. uh, you could certainly take a kid who's, who could be a monster or could just be kind of a normal functioning jerk <laughs> uh, or whatever uh, and turn them from jerk to monster because yeah. of the adverse childhood you gave them. Yeah. So it's my guess. Yeah. So So we'll see. It's kind of uh, – it'll be interesting when he gets caught. Right. Right. Hopefully by Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog. Oh, my God. I so want it to be Dog. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all do. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I I don't know. I'm not I, – I don't think that she is – the summary of this for me is that I don't think this has anything to do with her being a white girl. I think this is she was – there's a lot of footage. There's a lot of – Yeah. Uh it's got all the sensational drama stuff that you so could sensational. Ever want. It's it's like a made for TV movie uh, playing right. out, and, and the the body cam footage and the domestic violence call and like the right. the them missing that. And I do think there's some post feminist stuff at play there, which is unfortunate. Sure. I just I as a woman, I would rather live in a world where men generally felt that it was their responsibility to protect me, good men. Right. Um, because, because bad men, most predators are men and, Absolutely. um, women most, are in danger. Uh, well, let's say most violent predators are men. I actually think there's just as many predatory women, but they just do it emotionally. Okay. Yes. I, I, violent, I'm serious. Like, no, I, yes. I see that. I, I can totally agree with that. But in terms of physical harm, yep. most of them are men mm -hmm. and it, it is a great comfort to me when 
strong men are around and I know they're protecting me. Um, cause I'm right. vulnerable. The sheepdogs, right. Yeah. Yeah. That the sheepdogs are there to, to fight the wolves. That's what their job is. These men, these cops, you know, these big men with guns who have all the power could do anything. They missed it. They just missed it. And I can't help. And I'm sure they meant well, like they're not jerks. You know, they, you could hear them. They were trying to sort it out. They never once asked her the right questions though. They let her just take all the responsibility. They didn't press her. And we all know that victims of this type of relationship will take the blame, you know? So, and I'm sure they should know that if they don't, but anyway, I, pre pre third fourth wave feminism guys would have rolled up and they would have been like assuming it was the man no matter what was said well i would say pre-feminism instead of sending a call to the cops they would have pulled over right they would have pulled over and said what the hell are you doing that's right but now you know instead you Take a video of it or call the cops or whatever. Understandably, because yeah. you know, getting yourself you mean, in that you mean situation, the witnesses. Yeah. 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 I've been I've been watching this guy. So there's a guy I've uh, uh, I follow on Instagram when I when I'm on Instagram. I think I mentioned this the other day. He's like, he's been noticing this. Like he he's there's all these videos of assaults or this or that, and in some cases, you know, there's not really anything a witness could do, right? I like two guys with guns show up like you're not going to run in there unarmed with your camera and do something right but there are plenty of examples where it's just one guy doing something and like you, you could put the phone down and go help but you don't um and i'm i wonder if we've just gotten i mean maybe those cops are just used to this kind of stuff so often that they just they're not they're just calling it in because it's just there's just so much dysfunction out there that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And I don't like defending cops because I generally think that modern cops are horrible. But They um, seemed like nice guys, honestly. You know, they really did seem, and, and especially at the end when they were like, you know, just not going to charge, we're just not going to take anybody to jail. We don't want to take anybody to jail, you know. They, right. they seemed like good guys that were trying to do the right thing for this couple. Um, but they just missed it. And I, I feel kind of bad for them. I'm sure they feel really guilty. Um, but they did, they missed it. And I, like, maybe you're right. Like maybe people just used to solve problems without cops more. And what do you think changed that? Is it a couple things, maybe reliance on authority, first of all? more than taking care of business yourself. But there's also this culture in America where everybody sues. I was just going to say pe- the litigious society is one yeah. of the main. Yeah. I, in fact, Jean Ellis in chat says the problem today is threat of lawsuits. If you intervene, I think she's hundred percent right. Like you step in and you try and do something. And before you know it, uh, the abuser has your house because you did something, you, you know, separated yeah. them physically and he claimed that you hurt him or whatever like yeah and so, she doesn't back you up because she's still in the relationship she's afraid and, and yeah right right, <laughs> right so we're we're in this world in which but i think i think actually the litigiousness is probably a symptom of um 
the infantilization of the population generally, where it's like, yeah. you know, you've seen you've seen these uh, kind of parents where when two kids are arguing, there's there's like I don't, I don't want to divide all parents into two classes, but there's there's a like, class of parents when two kids are arguing, the parent will be like, figure it out on your own, like go away, like I don't. And then there's a class of parent who will try and get involved and like, well, did he do this first? Blah blah blah, and you should do this. Blah blah blah, blah right? I think we see much more of the second kind of parent now. Um, who's hyper-involved instead of just saying, just figure it out on your own, right? Um, and as a result, we have people who've grown up not able to figure anything out on their own, and they were always turning to a higher authority. Usually when you're an adult, that's the state. It's a court system. It's, you know, I'm going to sue because such and such thing happened to me, um, and this person was involved, or they did this thing I didn't like, or, you know, I have some minor... <sighs> I have some minor inconvenience because of this person's intervention and therefore I'm going to If only we could get back to dueling society. <laughs> right. That's what we need. <laughs> That's what we need. Dueling society. Um, yeah. How do so, we, I've often wondered, like, how do we get out of this lawsuit society where, you know, I think it's really affected medical care as well in a way that, I mean, there's definitely government intervention there, but- you know, the way that doctors and hospitals work these days, a lot of it has to do with liability. Yeah, well, I think the liability has to do. So um, I let's put away, let's put aside like cultural things that lead to this, because I think that's probably the ultimate answer is, is parenting and philosophy and culture. But just from a, a proximal answer is, is when you, you have a situation, let's just take the legal world for a minute. Um, no one, no one knows all the laws to which they're subject to. They can't possibly know them. No lawyer knows all the laws, even if they're a special, even if they're um, a specialist, they still don't know all the laws in their specialty. There are so many laws and layers of government and so much complexity. Um, and of course, that complexity is. <laughs> The lawyers love that complexity because it means you need a lawyer. So the, uh, the expansion of the government um, and, and the regulatory state that we have is designed specifically to give lawyers jobs. And, and I'm, I'm not even convinced that that wasn't intentional. It might, it might have not been intentional. Maybe other people had some, some quote, good intentions to do stuff and possibly, but they want a legal system that's the opposite. Who was it? Was it, um, it wasn't the Code of Hammurabi, but it was some, it was someone in ancient, I think it was ancient Mesopotamia. I don't remember. Someone, they, they, all the rules were on this big post outside in, in like the town square. Like all the laws to which you were subject were written down. So anyone could come in and like, look at the plaque or whatever it was and be like, oh, yeah. here are the rules. Any moron understands the list of rules, so now don't go break the rules, the end, right? But we have the opposite. We have a completely opaque system in which a lawyer can't even tell you often whether something is uh, illegal or not or whether you'll be you know, sued successfully or not. It depends on the disposition of judges and arguments other lawyers make, make and all these this case law and volumes and volumes and volumes and like forests full of law, right? Um, so I, I think 
And I think the same thing happened to the medical industry. You know the medical industry, you know why drugs are regulated, right? Fucking doctors. People were people were being doctors and prescribing drugs oh, and the doctors that went to school like didn't like it. Yeah. And so they said, hey, you need to protect the public. How about you require that doctors write, for, write prescriptions in order to get these drugs? And how about to be a doctor, you have to go to one of these schools and right. join this particular organization and da, 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 da. And now like they've protected themselves because now there's a, it limits the number of doctors. It gives them special value because only a doctor can prescribe this drug. You can't just go buy it. Like it's all self-preservation, all of that was self-preservation. And that's the beginning yeah. of, you know, government healthcare way right. back. So, uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> that the, the truth is common law covers pretty much most of what we need, but we have piled so much on top of that kind of thing. So, but common law would say you can't assault somebody, but mm -hmm. it used to be, you could punch a guy for being hard on his girlfriend and you wouldn't get arrested for no one would arrest you for that and nobody would sue you for that right you know? well com i think common law would probably i don't know that common law would let you not punch someone for assaulting his girlfriend or whatever like i they, i i think a lot <laughs> of times they would just be like, i'm assuming that there's this black no, and white law like, that well, says don't initiate force you know i mean obviously philosophically i agree with the non-initiation of force but, um, you know, that's real. If you did that and you did it in a relatively straightforward way, that's not actually that hard to implement, right? Um, but, you know, you can also think of proportionality, right? Which is like, okay, if this guy is hitting his girlfriend and you come in and punch the guy, like, first of all, you're not really initiating force. He is. Um, you're doing something to stop him. So really, like... And if you didn't go and shoot him in the head for no reason, like if you didn't just, like there are cases where you use too much force and it makes no sense. But um, I, I don't know. I I feel like the actual legal structure was uh, much less extensive. And so therefore we might think things were messier a hundred years ago, but actually they weren't messier because the community and common sense and the people around, right? It, it, it would be like, yeah. oh, that's Gabby and what? what's his name? Brian. Know. Brian. Oh, that's Gabby and Brian. We know Gabby and Brian. Brian's kind of a dick. Blah, 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 blah. This is how we should behave. This Brian's is what we should do. Blah, blah, blah. Brian's always picking fights. Right. Weird. Yeah. Like, oh, Brian's this is what we're going to do. Of course it's him. Yeah. Right. right. It's a community. And like, oh, yeah, we know this guy. This is what we're going to do. Like, it, yeah. the they figure it out. Right. They figure out the rules. And instead, we've got this kind of top down massively convoluted thing in which no one really knows any of the rules the cops are probably worried about because cops also like well you shouldn't do you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that um they're getting you know they're getting increasingly worried about being sued or have disciplinary action taken against them for doing something that they're not supposed to do um which always isn't always clear until after the fact and blah 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 so yeah i mean honestly these cops they could get in trouble for having let them go because technically they were supposed to arrest her based on their conclusion, kind of, you know, they were trying to get out of it, right. trying to f rationalize a way out of that, which they did. Um, I look back on that and say shame on them for not kind of getting that he was the cause, especially with the witness, but 
they really could get in trouble either way. I, I think, you know, I don't know. It was kind of a, yeah. to your point, um, there's like this letter of the law that is out of context where they could have arrested her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, ultimately, I think all this comes down to this, the dysfunction of, in society generally. Like the fact that this stuff yeah. is happening so, you know, uh, yeah. often is the problem. It's crazy. Um, so. All right. All right. Let's talk about Brandon. Yeah, I see the light in the back of your, you changed Let's your, go Brandon. Uh, your little marquee thing there to say, let's go Brandon. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, I just found out about this. I love it. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so if you don't know, uh, there's a, I mean, if Beverly wants to put some of these tweets up, she can, they're in Notion, Beverly, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you want, you can do it. But so there was this chant that has been coming, becoming increasingly popular at a lot of sports <laughs> events and other events, which is fuck Biden, right? That's the chant. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Joe Biden, right? They, and they yell. Um, I'm not wearing my swear jar pin, so I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, so uh, that's been that's been going on. And of course, <laughs> it's a little bit awkward if you're a reporter interviewing someone and like the crowd is chanting that. So there's, there's this guy, Brandon Brown. I guess he won a NASCAR race. I don't follow NASCAR. So reporter is <laughs> a reporter is interviewing him and the crowd in the background is yelling, fuck Joe Biden. Right. That's what they're yelling in the background. And the reporter, she kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was intentional. I think it was intentional, but it could have just been accidental. Maybe her, the, you know how sometimes your context in your head is a particular thing, so you're hearing a particular thing. So she says, oh, they're chanting for you. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and kind of continues, continues the conversation. So now all the memes have become, Fuck Joe Biden has has uh, morphed, morphed into, into <laughs> let's go Brandon. So all the memes are now let's go Brandon. Um, let's go Brandon is now code for fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, which I absolutely I love this. I do um, too. I love it. I love it because <laughs> how are you going to censor let's go Brandon? I mean, it's tough. That's a tough one to censor. First of all. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's really good. Uh, he actually tweeted out, let's go, Brandon, after this. Um, People are and then, now selling T-shirts that say, let's go, Brandon. And right. I mean, it's really gone crazy. <laughs> Greg the Baritone says, are you saying boo or booiden? <laughs> <laughs> That's a George, or not George, uh, Monty Burns uh, reference from Simpsons. Um, yeah, so... So I love it. Um, but I was thinking about this. Joe Biden. Just look at the guy. Listen to the guy. What could possibly get anyone to have any emotional, strong emotional feelings one way or the other about Joe Biden? Uh, he's such a non-entity. He's not even sure he's there half the time. It's really hard uh, to like drum up a lot of emotions for a guy who quite frankly is probably just a puppet being used who's not sure where he is we all know he is right i mean we all know that's what's happening and yet 
there's all this hatred and anger. And one of the things I really like about this is it's clearly not about Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, he's a rep, he's representing, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, your relationship has deteriorated to the point where you literally hate each other. And like, at some point, you know, you're the person you're dating or maybe just a friend or some coworker or something, you're like, you're hating them and they, they do something innocuous, like bump into you by mistake or whatever. And you just like, you just want to scream at them. And it's like, it's not about that thing that they did. It's about yeah. everything else that's All been the other going stuff. on, right? Right. And when I hear, let's go Brandon, I'm like, it's not about him. It's about this recognition yeah. that regular Americans are waking up and realizing that like their freedom was an illusion that these elites, the cathedral is in control. They've always been in control and um, they're seeing their cage. And I think, I think that's what it is. I think people are, they're seeing their cage. Pirate Tomsky says, let's go. Brandon is blocked on Twitter. Is that right? Oh God. Seriously? I got to go look at this. They blocked it on Twitter. Um, I, yeah, I, I like it. I, I think that that is exactly what was missed by everybody who isn't MAGA about Trump. I think that people think it's about Trump and it's has nothing to do with Trump. Trump just happened to be kind of like a lightning rod. He's got a personality that is sort of guilt free. I mean, Trump is probably a narcissist lacking the psychopath. He doesn't experience guilt. He's (laughs) he's exactly what he is. He deep down, I think he likes he loves America and the country. Um, He doesn't really know what to do. I was going to say, even if he doesn't know why he loves it or what to do, he has a visceral feeling about it. Yeah, there's a there's a patriotism there. I think he took the job for self-aggrandizement as well as patriotism. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's he's just not phased by guilt. He he doesn't you, you know. I hate to say this, but, you know, Ayn Rand says that face with no guilt and no fear. Yes. That's kind of Trump's face. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying he's John Galt, but this is what we needed. We needed a guy who wasn't going to be embarrassed about being white. He wasn't going to be shamed into um, being anti-American or something like that. So he was just unapologetic. And yep. that's what what we rally behind and what they hated so much. And if he goes away, if he dies tomorrow, cause he's old, if he has a heart attack and dies, um, the mega movement is there. It, it has nothing to do with him. And people thought it was all like that, that people who are mega are, uh, you know, just following Trump kind of a weird, I know there are some, you know, there are some people who think he can do no wrong, but in general, it's an emotional kind of American people saying I've had enough. Yeah. I I think you hit on something with the guiltlessness because I don't think that there's anything scarier to the leftist agenda than a a rich white man who's not guilty about it. Who doesn't, yeah, who's not guilty. I mean, and that's that, yeah. And the reason that's scary is because it shows everyone else you don't have to feel guilty. Yeah. 
guilt is they're guilty. using guilt to manipulate you on yeah, mass. I mean, really in a are. massive, massive way. I, I right? totally think that's the problem with our society is, and he yep. has opened that wedge. And the greatest thing that he's done was open that up. So other people who are probably better leaders mm -hmm. eventually will come out, but because he was first, they're going to be allowed to be unabashed what they are and not apologetic for uh, American values. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think this is the same thing as happening with, um, with this, with this, let's go Brandon thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it's the same sentiment and it's, yeah. but it's the, it's the inverse of it. Right. It's not, yay. Here's this guy who's not going to show that he's guilty or he's not going to feel guilty about being himself, right? It's not that, but it's it's this uh hey, we see you. We see we see that there is a is a separate class of people. We see that there are these elites and that there's this cathedral and that there is in fact this deep state and we are not free. We've been told that we've been free. You guys pay lip service to the constitution and lip service to freedom whenever it suits your needs, but Actually, it's become very clear. You got the CDC banning evictions. You've got um, you've got now uh, a bill. Vaccine passports it, coming. Yeah, vaccine, vaccine passport stuff. Mandate. Yeah, all this stuff. It's like, oh, you guys have been like, we see that you've been lying the whole time, and I don't, I don't think this is about Joe. Um, no, because everyone, no one thinks he's really doing this anyway. Right. And he, but he does represent this horrible thing yeah, he's their mouthpiece right now yeah yeah it's including the entire deep state and all the media and entertainment and everything joe biden represents that sect of our society yeah yeah he's the biden bot he's he said he, he says what he's joe biden actually i like to think of him as the head npc yeah he's like the big npc He's like yeah. the big, he's like he's still an NPC in the game, but he's the main one. He's the big so who's, boss NPC. Who's the player? Oh well, we're the players, right? Who's in charge of Joe Biden? Oh, who's in charge of Joe Biden? Yeah. Uh, in your who who's what's your like guess? A, a particular person? Yeah. Do you think there's a group? And who, I think it's who, a group. Which yeah? Which I think faction, it's the DNC. The DNC. I do. Headed I think by it's the DNC. Obama and his crowd. Well, Clinton has always had massive influence in the DNC, but I think what I think what you've seen in the Democratic Party over the past several years is you've seen them. They've had convergence happen to them. So you've seen the social justice uh, radical yeah. left crowd take over the Democrats. And I think um, they're clearly I, to me, they're clearly in control um, and they are. I think there are some some uh, maybe we'll say tacticians who are there as well who kind of temper things down a little bit and see what they can get away with so that he doesn't go spout the most Ibram X Kendi thing he can possibly think of <laughs> but but they you know they've got an agenda and they're rolling it out and I don't I don't think it's one person I'm not like I don't think it's like yeah and I don't think it's necessarily a smoky room of conspiracy I think it's just people that are like he has, quote, advisors, and he relies on his advisors. And those and advisors, his advisors talk to other people, and they're calling the, mm -hmm. their guy at Harvard they're all woke. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's the cathedral. They're all woke. They've got their own little interest. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the cathedral, right? He's just the spire on top of the cathedral, right? Um, he doesn't actually do much, but he's the lightning rod for, you know, uh, <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Right? That's, that's what he is. <laughs> let's go, um, Brandon. And the nice thing is they can get rid of him, right? They'll get rid of yeah, him and, right. and switch, he you can, know, and they'll stick He can take the fall or any, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't really care because it's not. It's not about him. So, yeah. Anything? I just gotta go. Let's do a couple those, super chats. Brandon memes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at a couple super chats here while we're waiting. And I know we might end early today, guys, because we're both, both of us are a little bit struggling today with, I've, I'll just <laughs> speak for myself. My, I'm on massive back pain medication, so I'm a little bit loopy. Um, Let's see. Someone writes this. Who's the, oh yeah, Rebecca P is the first one. She writes, "Is Facebook down from a b- virus? They should have gotten the jab." <laughs> Facebook is down. We're not. Uh, I don't know why, but they are down. We're not streaming on Facebook right now, as we normally are. Uh, Sandy Kin says, "Hey Carter, check your email again." I did. I responded to you. Uh, thank you, Sandy. Can, um, did you confirm that Let's Go Brandon is off Twitter? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, he was joking. He later said he was joking. Okay. Yeah. He's trying to inject fake news into the program, Sonny. Um, Mandy Mandy writes, my workplace builds switchgear for various companies, and Facebook happens to be our biggest customer after NASA. We make so much stuff for Facebook, I feel like they practically own our building. Well, they may, in fact, own your building. Uh Good place to put a little, you know, little something, something special for them in there if you want to. Super Iron Bob says, uh, casual disregard of the law is a defining feature of the American psyche. Well, so it kind of has to be, though, when the law is so comprehensive and convoluted that you literally can't function without disregarding the law, it turns into casual disregard for the law. I think there's a, isn't there a book about how many felonies the average person commits a day? It's like six or seven felonies that the average person commits in a day. So when that's your environment and everything's illegal and you actually don't even know what's illegal and what's not, um, then it's kind of rational to just casually disregard the law. And I think most people function like, I'm going to disregard the law except for the big ones that I kind of know and I'm going to do what's kind of moral. So The ones that might get me caught. or And yeah. that's how they want it. They want it putting us in a situation of being all law violators puts them in much greater power. So I th- I think there's an incentive for government to put us in this situation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is the, I think we've talked about this before, but this is how you make, um, well, my caveat is I don't actually think you can have rule of law. I think you always have rule of man and uh, there's that essay that I've cited before, which I'm blanking on right now at the end of Anarchist Handbook that everyone should read, which I'll find in a minute. But I still have uh, to get this book. <laughs> yeah, but um, this is how you get rule of men, right? If you have, if you make everyone a criminal, which they have, everyone is a criminal, then you just selectively enforce the laws as you see fit, and suddenly you're no longer in a, in a land where you're ruled by laws. You are, in fact, ruled by men because it's men who decide, or women or whatever, it's people who decide 
what to enforce and what I not feel like enforce. we're we're really seeing this big time now in a way that we didn't see as much just the the uh difference in enforcement so now they're targeting people and then finding laws to yeah arrest them or imprison them or fine them um in order to further the political power centers that they want to uh, that they want to survive. So especially in Washington, I'm noticing this on a big scale now, which is one of the scariest things to me. And especially the, you know, what happened at the Capitol and all yep. of that and how they're finding things to charge these people with or to that are just unreasonable. And um, it's real political persecution. And they're using the, lack of, you know, what you were just saying, they're using that now against us politically. Yeah. Do you remember, um, this happened? Well, I don't, I'll say I first noticed this when I was a young man and I, I forget where I was, but someone, someone was making, this was, I, I was at the time I was conservative. So I was for the war on drugs. I was okay with the war on drugs, which I'm no longer okay with. Um, but there was some argument, they, I forget whether it was the FBI or someone wanted some extra power for something or other. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember the details. But the argument was, oh, well, we're not going to – we need this because we need to be able to get these people. And this is how they're evading our um, convictions now. And if we had this extra law, we could go in and then charge them with it. And like that's how is we that can like take Is that like the RICO laws? I think it was probably something like a RICO law, although RICO laws, yeah. I think, predate my existence. But whatever. It was something okay. it was something along those lines. Right. I'm not that old. Uh, but, you know, and I, I think a lot of people went along with that because because you hear this argument all the time. Oh, well, we need this thing because we have to use it against these bad guys. This legitimate threat. OK, there's this yeah. legitimate threat of terrorists. We need right. these new laws to go after terrorism. And everyone right. says, this is going to get applied wrong, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, yeah, well, I doubt that. And, and we oh, they're not going to. Anyway, I, I want the bank to to see transactions over $10,000, you know, and now right. they're going to be six, over $600. Right, right. And so, and you get, and usually you get the people that want those laws, which is usually government agencies that are pushing for them, Right saying overtly like oh we won't use them for this we won't use them for that like it's just yeah. don't worry it's just this thing right um and of course but of course that's not ever the case that's never you ever know i case. i have learned this lesson the hard way i feel like in the last couple of years i thought and maybe naivety or you think that there are enough good people that it's not going to happen um and and i think there is a there is something to that because to the we've been talking and what we talked about on the last show, you do need a moral culture, uh, you know, with the right culture, all of this stuff kind of falls into place and, and none of it is really as important. None of these laws and the setup and everything, if you have the right culture and right. Um, when they did the lockdown, I did think that it was, okay, a couple of weeks, we'll see what's happening. 
they'll get their feet under them. The CDC, they'll figure out what's going on and we'll figure out what travel bans we need or whatever. And, and then that's all, it, it will just be two weeks while the hospitals can get their crap together or whatever. Cause I fell for it. I, I gotta be honest. I fell for it. I didn't well, think that it would be more than two weeks. Is that stupid so, or what? <laughs> it's kind of stupid, but I still love you, Sonny. Uh, <laughs> I actually thought that it's <laughs> pretty bad. I mean, what's I the phrase? There's nothing as, as permanent as a temporary government program. I mean, you know, when this Honestly, first happened. I didn't think they could get away with it. I thought, well, there might be people who want to keep us locked down for more than two weeks, but they won't get away with it because people won't just stay locked down. They won't do it. They'll just do their thing and live their life. And I did not realize how far the screws were into everybody. And I don't think it's, I think the attitude was people didn't want to stay locked down, but people didn't see any way out without losing all of these values because the government has so much control over our values. So I, I think that surprised me. And I, and it also made me see that's how they get you, actually. They get, if they get control over your values, like your schools and your, the licensing for your work and your job and your, you know, right. those are the things that give them power over you to lock you down in your house and tell mm-hmm. you that you have to take a drug against your will. Yep. It's not the mandate or the edict. It's the threats of, to your values that is what gets you. Right. So I didn't realize how far that was gone. I didn't realize how obedient the American populace would be. I mean, I don't trust power, but I also didn't think that they would try it. I I didn't think they would have the balls because I didn't think the people would let them. And here we are. I was wrong. Well, I will admit this much. I, I figured the government would do everything that it's been doing, but I did think there'd be way more pushback and it wouldn't get away with it. As much. I, I did think there would be like more of a fight being put up and like they probably wouldn't yeah. get away with it as easily and extensively as they have. And that's been a little bit disappointing to say the least to, to, to stand by and be like, oh, not only do people do it, but they get off on it. Like not only they, they, they don't just comply they're like a sub in a in a dom sub relationship where they're getting off on complying. Like they like it, uh, and, and they they're very angry at too. other people who won't yeah. comply. Right. Um, and that's that's a level of psychological dysfunction I didn't realize was so so prevalent. In including our among uh, people I would have regarded as on the right, you know, of mm-hmm. freedom people. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That was a segue from... <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. I will say I have seen this on the left. There have been some, you know, because I'm up in Northern California, there's some, there's some like hippies from the pot community, right, who have been... They've been waking up to this stuff. And I had a call yeah. with a guy the other day who was like, I'm moving to Montana. I want to own guns. I want to like, he's just, he went full, he's gone like full on libertarian. He's That's like, so funny. 
he went from kind of like hippie drugs should be legal man to like yeah nope uh like i don't even know if he really is into pot anymore but he was at the time <laughs> he right? gave up his drugs wow <laughs> i don't know but uh, he's like he well, this whole thing woke him up and he's like what the hell are they doing to us well the the vaccine mandates if you wanted before covid if you wanted to find people who didn't like vaccines or or mandated vaccines you had to go to marin county <laughs> bay area the whole freaking town Every school there didn't mandate vaccines. I mean, I, I lived near there, so I, I knew. Like, yeah. it was hardcore hippie. Don't, they don't want to take any medicine. They want to treat everything with CBD oil. And that was Marin County. And now they're, they're but ultra, ultra liberal, yep. ultra left. And I wonder what yep. they think about all this stuff. Well, I think some of them are, some of them are, are kind of, arriving at freedom from the left some of them are like wait a minute like you can't tell me what's put in my body and like oh this authoritarianism sucks yeah. and like gee i might need guns to protect myself from like yeah they're kind of coming at it from the left going well, and but and oh. a lot of them have been lied to they've they have mm -hmm. been lied to uh that everybody on the right is like a a racist and um and that I, there, there are specific issues, the gay issue and the abortion issue that tend to just like their litmus tests. And I don't yep. think that that's an appropriate litmus test for authoritarianism, either one of those issues. Right. Um, they're kind of late stage progressive issues anyway. Uh, you know, I mean, were we free or fifth, 100 years ago or today with abortion, but like very little other freedoms. So yeah, that's, that's why I don't care about stuff. I'm just like, I really like this is, yeah. they're about to stuff, stuff us onto boxcars and you're worried about like, right. whether you have to move States to get your abortion. Like, can you just relax? All the people who spoke out about that Texas thing, I wanted to slap in the face. <laughs> what you, are you kidding me? That is not important. I, I don't even care what side you come down on. I, I don't even care what side I come down on on that issue. <laughs> what? Like, we're being forced to wear masks and inject drugs into our bodies. And people are all bent out of shape about Christians in Texas <laughs> and abortion. <laughs> oh, my God. Priorities, right? I, right. And I'm That's saying this as somebody. I am not a Christian. I am an atheist libertarian side of things politically. Um, typically I am, I am a uh, pro-choice. I, I third trimester really bugs me, but you know, I don't want to get into that. The point is, is that to me, it's just not, gosh, it's, it's not a litmus test. So especially today they're, they're like you said, they're about to load you in a box car and you're like, well, at least they're pro-choice. Right. <laughs> it's like the same people were like, well, it's a private company. Just feels like, are you, you're just focused on the wrong thing. Right. They're literally loading you into a boxcar. Yeah, well, but they're a subcontractor. The <laughs> right. <laughs> Subcontractors are allowed to. I didn't, I didn't realize that all the Nazis had to do was make the boxcars <laughs> private. And then it was yeah. fine. It was fine. Yeah. If they had just done that, it would have been not a big deal. Um, yeah. 
We never, we never could have morally fought a war against them <laughs> That's if right. the boxcars were private. If Auschwitz <laughs> was privately run, contracted. Are you kidding me? It's like reality. Like black. Like this is reality. You know, either it's hurting people or like it's killing people or it isn't killing people. It doesn't matter who's doing it. Oh. I don't know if you yeah. saw, but the objective standard had a whole piece defending big corporations. And I'm tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I can't believe they're still on that. I, so actually so let's talk about, dumb. let's talk about that for a minute because this is something that I think, uh, they're falling into the same, tra- they're falling into the trap actually that, the cathedral wants them to fall into. Did you see this thing about the Pandora Papers? No. So it is, let's see. I'm just going to quote themselves because <laughs> they think they're awesome. Millions of leaked documents in the biggest journalism partnership in history have uncovered financial secrets of 35 current and former world leaders, more than 330 politicians and public officials in 91 countries and territories, and a global lineup of fugitives, con artists, and murderers. So basically, this this consortium of journalists, which I'll put in quotes, um, has, they've dug into basically the financial holdings of a bunch of wealthy people in the world. And, you know, People with offshore bank accounts or businesses or, you know, whatever all around. And I I've, I read this article about this thing and they're, they're very excited about it and they're pushing it as like this is this this bombshell. Um, but what, what they do is they put things in like um, they put like completely legitimate people like there's a supermodel, uh, like Claudia Schiffer or someone isn't like she has an offshore company doing blah, 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 blah right? And her lawyers are like. She paid all her taxes, blah, blah, blah. She, yes, she has an offshore company. Like, what the fuck, right? Um, who yeah. cares? So they lump her in with, like, here's this mass murderer from Central America who's, like, hidden his drug money there. Like, they're yeah. all in one big thing, and they say explicitly in their report, we don't know the legitimacy or illegitimacy of any of these funds at all. So they don't know anything about this, but – they're exposing all of this as this big, like, look at all these rich people. Some of them are murderers doing these things. Blah, blah, blah. And they, they lump them all together and they're trying to scare you. This is a way to smear capitalism, right? You take and smear legitimate wealth and success. You take horrible people and you lump them in with people who are just trying to legitimately minimize their tax burden yeah. as you should. By the way, it's immoral to pay more taxes than you should. It's immoral. So you should try and hide like as legally and as as much as you can get away with it, you should try and what's the word? Evasion's illegal. Uh, avoidance. You should avoid paying taxes as much as you can. If it's the moral thing to do, so there's they they lump those people in with like oil magnates from Russia who are killing people and like they they, yeah. they lump them all in together and they like with they make real it sound like and real immoral people. Yeah. 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 And then they, they make it sound like the fact that they have extensive holdings in separate companies and bank accounts and, and offshore holdings, like that's the big thing that, that yeah. ties them all together. That's the commonality that you should be outraged by. And it's a way to smear capitalism because it, it, it throws people who are legitimate in with dirty crooks and says the whole problem is that there's ways for people to hide money. Like without asking like 
Why do they feel like they have to hide money? Uh, but so like that, that's happening. And I think what happens with the, a lot of objectivists is they get sucked into the same thing. So what, what these people, what these Pandora's paper people are trying to do, they're trying to get you to viscerally react at wealth in general and capitalism as such, because they're trying to roll in, you know, the great reset or some kind of Marxist utopia. They want you to switch to stakeholder capitalism. They want more government control. They want oversight. They want to get rid of these havens that don't play nice with the IRS. Like they want to, they want to, they want control. That's what these journalists yeah. want. They want control over everything. And they're trying to get that by saying, look how horrible these people are. Some of them are bad, right? Um, and the objectivists, just as stupidly, and emotionally. are like, oh, wealth? I'll defend rich people. Companies are always good. It's like, that's not how it works, you moron. Like, well, and, like and Atlas that, Shrugged isn't like that. I mean, no, Oren Boyle's one of the worst like, people in the book. James Taggart? I James mean, Taggart? Yeah. Sorry. There are the same number of bad business people as there are good business people in Atlas Shrugged. She yes. clearly saw that the fascist, the, the power centers of wealthy, large corporate and small business owners, because she even gets into that. And I've, I mean, if you've ever been in business, you've seen that where your worst enemy is the other business guy who's going to try yeah. to use the government to stop you from doing what you're, you're, you should be able to do. They're the guys yep. who will try to rat you out and get your business crushed because they don't want competition. It, it's your enemy is the other business guy on a small yep. scale and a big scale. Yep. And um, I don't know why people think these, it, it's just bad people. There are bad people who actually can achieve success in business. And do quite often, especially in a mixed economy in which yeah. success is in business is tied to government involvement. I mean, like, yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's just I, how and, they can't and, you know, see in that this case, too. You can see so clearly, so clearly that these big tech companies are leftist, Marxist, fascist companies. They they give us proof every single day. And the only right. people they're silencing are anybody fighting them, and you're worried about their rights, their property rights. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. It's like and, and they are happy to coordinate. By the way, if you want to just talk about use of force, they are happily coordinating with yeah. a a bloated totalitarian style government. Well, authoritarian style government, like an authoritarian bureaucracy that wants to use force to control you. They're happily coordinating with like That's this right. isn't like it's not like Facebook they is saying are, we want to yeah. censor people, but screw you, feds. Nope. They've opened their kimono to the feds. Do whatever you want yeah. to the people on our platform. Not only that, but they're taking their money. And I mean, I just encourage people to look into what went down in Wisconsin. I, I'm not saying anything about the integrity of any of the outcomes. But Facebook put millions and millions of dollars into Wisconsin and there are there's reports of what that money bought and what those people in the state were doing. And it's all really crappy. And there were right. clerks resigning and all kinds of things happening before the event that, um, you know, and I'm not saying it 
because I know we can't say, and I'm not saying it affected the outcome, but the point is, is that they're actively trying to take away our rights. Right. Facebook is. Right. And they're censoring anybody pushing back on that. And so they're bad. Like it's immoral. These, these companies are immoral in, are. in the extreme. And, and there are big players at the top trying to crush us. So yep. uh, to be all like, well, I am just not overly concerned about them. I, I don't want a society that goes in the, in the pendulum swings and now we're in this hardcore totalitarian society that because I feel like I want the tech companies crushed. <laughs> right. I, you know, I want it done in a way that is promotes freedom, but, um, but we have to get real. There's no but, yeah. and we have to get real. And I don't believe that that's a, that's an impossibility. This is we what just I have don't to recognize like. reality. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And this is what I don't like about the, the objectivist group is like, they are, these are the people that are supposed to be morally defending capitalism and they're out there. They would be defending Volkswagen during the Holocaust, right? That's right. They would be out there saying, well, yes, 100%. they have a government contract with Hitler. But That's what they're doing right now. Yeah. They're doing that right now. It's, they're it's defending companies who are mandating the vaccines, for example. How is that right. not How is that not fascist behavior on the part of companies complying with a regime to pump unwanted drugs into their employees at threat by threat of job loss how is this not fascist and the Ayn Rand Institute supports that because it's a private company right. I, it's sickening and I, the Ayn Rand Institute whatever but it's not even just them it's you know it's obviously other yeah, no, libertarian of- organizations and people and people who consider themselves objectivists um, they're not looking at the reality of the situation, <laughs> like the actual black and white reality. They're like no, looking they at pretend... it from a technical way. It's weird. I yeah, I actually think they just like they pretend that they pretend that every company is Howard Rourke or Hank Reardon. Yeah, and and it's like, well, that's just not that's just not the case. Um, it it really isn't. So I don't. Yeah, I. They really, they really, really bother me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. They really bother it, me too. More than. And by the way. You know, you know what they say that you get more angry at your own side when they screw up? I yes. I think that's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. And by the way, uh, just, I'm just going to, I'm not going to make a comment on the, the wine that we're supposed to drink for our thing that we might, the coof that we might have. But, you know, those companies, all of those pharmaceutical companies. They're indemnified. You cannot yeah. sue them for adverse reactions to their product. They are indemnified. So you are talking about a billion-dollar corporation indemnified from from having to stand behind and and uh, take the consequences of producing a poor product. They don't have any consequences. The consequences have been socialized away. So. There's no consequences because they don't have to, they don't have to, and, they're not liable. what bureaucrat are you going to blame? You know? Right. Can never do that. So they, here they are. And now they're mandating no that people buy this thing. Or that they take right it. Now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
so it's just i i don't how you could not see that and yeah i I am. I am. And maybe there are good people, but that type of thing sets up a situation that bad people will then come in and take advantage of. And that has been the situation in this country since 1986. So how many, how much time has gone by? Because Reagan did this. Reagan passed this indemnification law. All that time has passed. and And I don't think they were good companies before that. But this has allowed them to even just, you know, continue to maybe attract bad people who are interested in making very large margins on medications that they don't have to worry about liabilities. Well, think about this. If you're in charge, if you have no morals, let's just put that on the table, and you're in charge of, let's say, Pfizer, um, and you have to make a choice about some product that you're you're spending billions of dollars to research these products and like get them to market, right? Okay, um, you could worry about whether or not it's effective and safe, and you know does all the right things, right? That could be your concern, or you could be worried about will I get through FDA certification because that's all that matters. Yep. Right. Those are two different things. I know FDA certification is supposed to do the first thing, but to the extent that there's a mismatch. It doesn't, right? And so if your focus is, well, as long as I get through the FDA process, I'm scot-free, that means you're not even investigating stuff that might be a problem. They they forgive themselves morally for that. Well, but the the FDA should have found it. If there's a problem, the FDA FDA has their procedures. Not my job to do it. Not my job to make it safe. It's the FDA's job to make it safe. Yep. Yep. So... What do you expect? Of course, 30 years later, this is what you get. What do you expect? Yeah. I mean. Any company participating in this is immoral. Any business. Absolutely. Uh, any business agreeing to do that mandate is 100% immoral. They are Volkswagen in Nazi Germany. Yep. I have no sympathy Every single one of them should stand up and say, no, find me. I will sue you. This is unconstitutional. This is a violation of the most basic human individual sovereignty, and I'm not doing it. Put me out of business. I'm not doing it. Yep. That was something that I think a lot of the the fans of, of books like Atlas Shrugged forget. The heroes in those books were not about money fundamentally. When it came down to it, they destroyed their entire businesses and left. That's right. That's what they did. When Our they understood work blew up Cortland Homes. That's right. He blew when they up understood a the moral implications, they got rid of their business. They they blew up their own creation. That's right. Right? They didn't let it get used for evil. That's right. Good point. All right. I know I know Let's go, Brandon. We've gone, we've gone for a while. Uh, let, let me do a couple more super chats before we call it a day. Oh, Mandy, Mandy says, Sonny, you should apologize to Keith the Hat Guy for hating hats, or else there will be a defamation lawsuit pending. Okay, so. I'm sorry, Keith the Hat Guy. <laughs> he's uh, he's one of the people that works for us. A right, a regular guy. He is a regular guy. 
Um, Pirate Tomsky says, let's go. Brandon is now blocked on Twitter, but we confirmed that he was joking. Mandy again says, have you seen Jeff Dunham use his terrorist puppet to thank his Biden puppet? It's hysterical. I have not seen I have that. not seen that bit. I'll have to look it up. I love a good bit. Yeah. Uh, and here's Keith the Hack Guy. He says, follow a crime a day at crime a day on Twitter to find out some of your criminal activities. <clears throat> I think I do follow that account. And I like it. It's good. Um, Pirate Tomsky says, everyone who has been vaxxed should also walk out in solidarity with those who can't or won't. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why the people who have that little like circle on their profile that says, I don't like authority, but I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> punch those people in particular because <laughs> you're really taking away the credibility and the the oomph of, of people who don't want to get the drug. Like we all have to stand up and support those people yeah. by, by not admitting that we're not those people. Like I, it's right. an I am Spartacus moment. I know other people have said that, but. That's truly culturally it what's is. going on right now. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's it for the super chats. I, there's one more thing I want to just bring to your attention to see. I just, I'm just curious if you've seen this at all. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen the <laughs> the CIA plot to kidnap Julian Assange? Uh, no, maybe not. I don't know. It's from out cool. of the out of the embassy or they were worried that he was going to flee to Russia and they had all these I mean when I say kind of cool I think it's horrific but like it's interesting to read yeah. just how like how far these guys go they he's enemy they, number 1 they really they planned to have like a shootout in the streets of London if necessary Did to prevent really? him from getting to yeah they had plans to like um <clears throat> intercept his car if he was if the russians were going to take so they figured the russians might take him to an airport and put him on a plane they were going to like have a shootout like have a car crash and shoot out in the streets if that didn't work they were going to try and um prevent the plane from taking off by shooting out its tires like they had they were ready like, for any legit possibility. plans to, yeah they were they ready really for any possibility this guy they really do um and uh i don't i don't know i when i when i look at articles like this Beverly just pulled it up. Kidnapping, assassination, and a London shootout inside the CIA's secret plans, war plans against WikiLeaks. It's it's one of those things where if you don't know what to think about someone like Julian Assange, you really just have to see the extent to which the CIA hates him <laughs> to realize he's probably a good guy. They really, really hate him. It kind of has come down to that like lately yep. that, you know, if the deep state doesn't like you you're probably a good person if they do like you you're probably a bad person yeah i don't trust them at all anymore yeah and i, I know, know if i ever should have I, I, especially these spy agencies i don't know i i feel like i have to remind people sometimes because they i hear people get upset about assange and snowden in particular saying like well they leak this and they leak that in our country and they can put our country at risk and blah 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 Yes, your country maybe. is not your government. Those are two different things. I love my country. I'm an anarchist. I still love my country. Yeah, I don't I know how that works. Government, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm saying like no. I mean, I love I love the principles on which it was founded, and like yeah, uh, there's like a lot to love about. I, do I think we should take them farther and like 
do a better job and like eventually get rid of the whole concept of a government. Yes, I do think eventually we should do that. But um, like, even if we don't do that, compare it to all the other countries that are in existence, this is the best, right? Like, yeah. I do love the country, but the government is not the country. And I think a lot of people get this like, well, he did something that could potentially harm the blah, 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 blah. It's like, do you he's know harming too, the deep though? state, not you, man. But you know what else? It's kind of like COVID. Um, am I afraid of getting it? I don't want it, you know, it's a nasty virus, but I'm not willing to be unfree to not get it. And it, right. it's me, Julian Assange, Snowden, it's the same thing. They Maybe they did do harm. Maybe they've harmed our foreign policy, our ability to protect our citizens. I don't care. I don't. Because the positives are the freedom that they rep that they are for that they're helping us maintain by exposing the uh the bad stuff right. and I, that's what i want i want freedom of speech too yep. so that's you know they're different assange versus snowden but like snowden sure. i mean i think he should get a full pardon i don't care Absolutely. if he's done harm i i don't because he's done good and I don't need a harmless world. Do you know what I mean? Like, how is well, he supposed it, to do what he did without harming uh, right. our and Snowden, you know, th This is the thing that they set up. Oh, it's all about safety. And therefore, you have to just sit back and be in a cage and, you know, surrounded in bubble wrap because we say so. And this is their moral justification. We're protecting you. And I would rather live in an unsafe world with more enemies who know more information about us, but have Edward Snowden and Julian Assange um, with all the good that they've done regarding corruption and all of that. It, it, to me, it's an, it's, it, it's an out of proportionate trade to the good. Um, so, and I look, and I look at COVID that way. I, I don't want it, but I, I'll take it. I would rather have it and deal with it and thus it and have any of this other stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Snowden in particular, he, he did not just take his documents and dump them on the internet. He gave them to reporters that he yeah. trusted to, that he vetted and trusted to not release information that would get people killed or like he was trying to be as yeah. careful as he could. He was like, this needs to get out. I'm not the one that can make the call about what can actually get out and what can't get out, but the, like, and, and how to protect this. I'm going to try and find, you know, I think he has a naive view about the role of journalists, but he had this kind of Pollyanna view about, well, journalists, their job is to kind of help, to help do this. So I'm going to release it to these journalists. And he went out, he did this in the most responsible way he could he really possibly did. have done it. There's no way he could have done it better than how he did it. Um, That's and right. How could he have done it differently? The only way he could have done it is not to have done it. Right. <laughs> so we're just supposed to not know what he right. revealed. Yeah. He deserved. And, he is a hero. He is an American hero. Absolutely. In absolutely. every way. Yeah. And yeah, even I, if a few people have to die, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but right. I feel like the trade is the right trade. It's oh, safety it is. and security cannot be a primary over everything. Well, this is the trade-off. 
do you care about the values that make America special or do you care about the government that is America right now? Because when yeah. those two things come into conflict, you need to choose the values of America. And if that means hurting the government of America, then that's what it means. Because the yeah. government is only as legitimate as it lives up to the values. To the extent it's not living up to the values, NSA, it's not legitimate, right? Right. It's not legitimate. So like, what's, what's Snowden's gonna do? He's got to like, he chose to protect America instead of protecting the government. And that's the yeah. right choice. It's the heroic choice. It's the only right. moral choice. And, you know, one of my big disappointments about Trump is that he didn't uh, pardon Snowden. If only more people could be objective like that. To me, that's just, it's a real objectivity, a real understanding of where value is in reality versus the technicality of right and right. wrong that right. we were just talking about with the objectivists and like, right. you know, this is a private company, technicality versus right. uh, the cattle cars, you know, hey, uh, people are being <laughs> right. slaughtered. Right. Hey, they're injecting uh, medicine into people who don't want it. Well, yep. but it's not against yeah, their but. will because the mm -hmm. company, they could have gotten a different job or quit their job or in other countries you can, oh, you don't have to go grocery shopping, get Instacart. <laughs> the idea, this is the other thing, the idea that any of these companies are doing this without pressure from the government is ludicrous. Uh, like yeah. that pressure only exists because of government propaganda, government rules. I mean, who who did it first? Private companies or the federal government? The federal government. Biden issued this, Man, we're vaccinating all employees, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like that happened first. And then that and trickled down to contractors. And then that trickled down. Like that's how it happens. Right. So this idea that like, well, these are just private companies deciding to do this on their own. Like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah. And almost no company is fully private anymore, especially large ones. They've got well, regulators did, up the wazoo. Did you see this supposed Facebook whistleblower who said no. Facebook isn't doing enough about misinformation and <laughs> that they caused the um, – the January 6th situation by not censoring more mega stuff. And this is the whistleblower. I'm sorry. That's the whistleblower, huh? Yeah. That would be like if Snowden was like, we're not listening to every phone call in its entirety. We're only collecting metadata. Yeah. that It's exactly as if Snowden came out and said that. <laughs> She was on 60 Minutes. Her identity was finally revealed. And we need to know who this brave woman is. So think about, actually, just think about, not that Ilana have a lot of sympathy for Zuckerberg, but think about this from his perspective, the pressure that he's under, right? He's got, even if he yeah. wanted to, let's assume he has no morals. I think that's a fair assumption. Uh, if, he, if he wanted to push back against this stuff, he's got an entire cathedral of people telling him he hasn't done enough censorship. That's yeah. like, that's, that's who he's got whispering in his ear. That's who he's got yeah. controlling large portions of his shares. He's that are out threatened that are, like, every absolutely. day to do more. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Not that he should, you know, uh, not that he should comply, but. Yeah. It's so obvious Anyone who doesn't see this, I just, I don't even know if I have anything else to say. Yeah. I'm just kind of tired of interacting right. with that 
that type of person at this point. Fair enough. Let's do the last Aren't two you? super chats and then we can we can call it a day because it's been we were only going to go an hour because we're both. I know. A little bit Here we are. It's tired, almost two hours. So. Woohoo! Yeah. We did it. I know. Uh, so why bother says, Hey there, haven't been around for a bit, actually going to be moving to your website, planning to quit YouTube completely in a couple weeks. I've had enough of this mad censorship. Well, awesome. Why bother do that? Uh, we will get a, a super chat function or something on our website at some point soon. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, you can definitely watch it there and, um, you can always just donate through Subscribestar or, or PayPal or something if you want to. G-Man says, even if Snowden gets pardoned, do we really think he's safe to return to the U.S.? No, I don't think he would be. I think he's uh, safe in Russia. He's probably not safe there either. He's probably in hiding wherever he goes for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. He's at least with his. Yeah, he finally got married to his girlfriend that, that was with him during this whole thing, which is nice. Oh, did he? Good for him. Um, yeah. So he's trying to live a semi-normal life, but he's not. I mean, he's basically ruined his life. Like. Yeah. The guy, what was he in his 20s and he he chose to ruin his entire life for us? Yeah. It's it's pretty honorable. I mean, he he cared and I don't even agree. By the way, his you know, he's not a libertarian or anything. He just was like, "Look, I think the government does have a role to play doing this stuff, but this particular stuff is wrong and yeah. unconstitutional." And uh, you know, he's 100% right. And he had the balls to do something about it. So, yeah, I hope someday we have. He's the kind of guy like I would get rid of some of the holidays that we have and have like an Edward Snowden day if I wanted to. <laughs> but redoing like redoing yeah. the national holidays, I'd be like, you know what? And Edward's, I, I don't care about Abraham Lincoln, who literally went to war over uh, uh, the right of the, the, the South to secede. Yeah. yeah. I don't care about him. How about a Snowden day to remind us yeah. all that? The values matter more than the government rules. It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Pyro Tomsky wants to know if his book is a future book club. It could be. I have read his book. It's uh, it's kind of you know, it's it's, a, it's an autobiographical thing, so it's kind of like a little story. It's it's a easy read. It's good. Uh, I think it's worth reading if you haven't read it. So. All right. Um, I think Sunny. I think we made it. This was a. We made it. I, we can declare victory. We're an hour and 50 minutes it. in. That is a full show. So, <laughs> we did a full show. Yeah. Thank you for, for yeah, helping welcome. me out today. <laughs> well, um, it's been a pleasure to fill Carrie's shoes over the last couple of weeks. And I guess she'll be back Friday. She will be back Friday, hats and all. So if you've been missing hats, hats will return to the show. <laughs> um, but again, I really want to thank you for all of your help and being yeah. a... Been a fun. substitute teacher for uh, for a while, <laughs> and um, thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks everyone for watching. Don't forget to, I don't know, jab the subscribe button and uh, go to unsafespace.com to support the show if you want. And I don't know, whatever. We'll see you on Friday. Oh, we have a show on Wednesday too, which is Dangerous Thoughts on Wednesday at five p.m. Pacific. I think it live streams. So that's our next show, but. We will see you on Friday for a coffee break. Later. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> nice ending. <laughs>
If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and scheduled for ideological vaccination. To avoid cancellation, please update your ideological contact tracing app on your smart device immediately. Here's a fun fact. Only vaccinated black lives matter. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.